Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is Make It Kind. Make It Kind. M.I.P. With Masamela Matsumo. Mark Thompson. Make It Kind. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, very special Make It Plain today. I, I always say all of them are special, but this is a very special one. Years ago, first of all, um, in the 90s, uh, when I was on local AM radio in Washington, D.C., some of you may recall that every Thanksgiving, Dick Gregory, who was my regular co-host, but he would join us and talk about uh, healthy diet choices uh, for Thanksgiving. Uh, and not only healthy diet choices, but when you made unhealthy diet choices, what you could do to make yourself feel better. That was a tradition. It was a uh, one of the biggest shows we ever had. People, we just take calls all day. How do I do this? How do I do that? And th- this year, though, obviously, things have been very, very different the past couple of years with the pandemic that we've all been dealing with. And I was on the Santita Jackson show a few weeks ago and met two young women who were very impressive and very sobering as well a lot of us are running around out here thinking everything's cool and everything's back to normal but i don't know about that and they're not here uh at all to discourage us from having a wonderful thanksgiving weekend but to discourage us from for to really have a more wonderful one by making safe uh and healthy choices in terms of where we are in this pandemic as i said it is it is not over my very special Yes. First of all, we have Dr. C. Deborah Furholden. She's an epidemiologist and associate dean for public health at Michigan State University. Dr. Furholden, good morning and welcome to Make It Plain. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm, I'm excited to stand in the legacy of Brother Dick Gregory. So that's exciting. <laughs> that's exciting. Yeah, yeah, you you all are uh, stepping up too. I so appreciate it. Also with us, 
an infection preventionist, clinical research scholar at the Francis Payne Bolton School of Nursing at Case Western Reserve University, Dr. Shanina Knighton. Dr. Knighton, how are you this morning? Welcome to Make It Plain to you as well. I'm doing great, and I echo what Dr. Deb said. <laughs> <laughs> well, wonderful, wonderful. I, and, and I know Dick Gregory himself would would love you guys. So we were on the show, folks, and I was coming in following them as a guest. I couldn't really follow them. I, you know how you're waiting backstage, waiting for other guests to finish. And while they were talking, I was like, uh-uh, y'all need to keep talking about that. Y'all need to keep talking about nothing I need to talk about because it, it was so compelling. But but let's let's sort of set a premise. In in general, Dr. Fur Holden, we aren't really fully in the clear in general when it comes to this pandemic in the first place. I just heard even and you hear about um, places, um, let shall we say, red states, who never uh, were in favor of masks and mandates and whatnot. Just uh, on a Monday. The District of Columbia, not a red state at all, uh, ended its mask mandate. So talk to us about it, it just in general, how we still need to be diligent when it comes to the fact that we're in a pandemic. So these are really great points that you raise, and, and thanks for bringing them up. What we were shooting for at the very outset of this pandemic was we were trying to eradicate this new virus. We were trying to stop it in its tracks, stop it from taking hold. And we did not do that. We didn't do that as a nation. We didn't do that as a global society. So now what we're working on is mitigation. We're trying to lessen the impact that the virus will have on our population, trying to prevent people from contracting it, trying to prevent people from getting really sick, and clearly trying to prevent people from dying. We are in a mitigation mode now. And this virus, SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes the disease COVID-19, is now what's called endemic. It's in our society. There's going to be a certain amount of this that we're going to have to deal with for a very long time, and we'll figure out what that threshold is. So I think what we're seeing is the impact of fatigue. People have gotten tired of the virus. They've gotten tired of having their lives disrupted and changed and be uncomfortable. They're tired of not being able to gather on holidays. And so people have said, we just gonna get back to, you know, kind of business as usual. The problem with that mentality is the virus has not taken a similar approach. The virus is not tired. <laughs> the virus has no emotion about any of it. The virus has one goal, which is to thrive and survive. That's it. The virus just wants to persist. And to persist, it has to go from host to host, from person to person. And each person that it goes from, we run the risk of it mutating. That is, it making itself just a little bit different. And this is what happened with the Delta variant. We got this Delta mutation. Multiple places on the viral molecule changed. And that strain of Delta just that strain of the virus just seems to be a lot stronger. It seems to be um, the, the, the things we have in place, the vaccines don't seem to be as effective mm. at preventing people from contracting it or preventing people from getting sick. I'm in the state of Michigan. Three months ago, they were saying, and it was true, 98% of our hospitalized cases were unvaccinated. That meant 
only one or 2% of the cases that got really sick and went to the hospital were vaccinated. Now, today, that number is 30%. 30% of people who are in the hospital because of COVID are vaccinated. So what does that say? You got right. I know that's a that's a wait a minute. Hold up. 30 percent. Yes. 30 percent of the people in the state of Michigan who are hospitalized are vaccinated. What it what we now know is the vaccine will stop people, uh, decrease the chances of people getting really, really sick and having severe symptoms. And it will decrease the chances of them being hospitalized. It won't prevent that fully. So mm. we got to go back to the basics. The mm. basics are, and Dr. Knighton is the expert on this. People need to wear that mask to prevent what's coming out of their mouth and nose from getting onto others and to prevent what's coming out of others' nose and mouth from getting on them. People need to practice good hand hygiene. And we all need a good lesson in going back in time and learning how to wash our hands because we don't wash our hands very well. I've learned that from Dr. Knighton as well. That good hand hygiene. And we've got to be mindful about how and who we interact with and where we go and how many people are around us and what precautions are in place in those environments. Um, so people who are throwing away the masks should still should not do that. We should still have masks on, shouldn't we? You should have a mask on if you are in public spaces that are indoors. Absolutely. Why? Because you don't know where people have been. You don't know what people's practices have been. You know, there's still a fair number of people in the face of we all. There is nobody that I know of at this stage in the pandemic who doesn't know somebody personally who died from COVID. Yeah. All of us know people who have gotten COVID and recovered, but are still living with lingering symptoms and long term side effects from having contracted COVID. So we all know and know somebody who's been impacted and either lost their life or lost their vitality or still suffering with some kind of what we call comorbid symptoms or morbidity, illness, lingering illness from the disease. So to that end, the goal is to prevent people from contracting this in the first place. We might disagree on what that looks like, but what is not debatable is the fact that good hand hygiene, being mindful about your distance and your interactions and masking have helped us to prevent the spread and prevent people from contracting this disease in the first place. More MIP after this message. So as I said, that's that's the general outlook, folks, and, and I hope people are, are taking this very, very seriously, but there are three, three ways in which we will be in contact with many people over the next few days, most likely. That's travel, um, that's Thanksgiving festivities, dinner, et cetera, and then of Black Friday and, and the days beyond that over the weekend. Uh, um, so let's start with travel. Uh, I guess the good thing is, um, Dr. Knighton, when it comes to travel, those who are flying, most of the airlines, if not all the airlines, still require people to be masked. And, and they're pretty they're very enforcing of that. That's been my experience. Some woman got mad. The stewards, I pulled my mask down to take a bite of food last time I was on the plane and stewards almost lost the mouth. I said, well, I can't eat through the mask. So, uh, <laughs> but I mean, it, 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 but that's a good thing that they're still requiring that, right? Yes. No, it absolutely is um, still a good thing that it is being required. 
Um, I also mentioned, so I want to back up a little bit just about the airport experience before we even get on a plane. Okay. Um, it's important that you remember when you go through, so if you can print your tickets up, your, um, and of course that may be different if you have to check a bag, but if you don't have um, the ability to print your tickets up, but like, let's say you're checking a bag then I would absolutely make sure that you allow yourself enough time to go to the representative and already have your ticket, um, have her print your ticket. That means that you're not having to interact with the screen, right? Um, mm -hmm. That everyone has to with the touch screens. Mm -hmm. So that's a good thing if you can do that as um, an option. If you're taking just a carry on and a personal item, if you have the ability to print your ticket up at home, that also prevents you from having to touch that screen. So all of these measures is they are called risk lowering measures, meaning that we are trying to eliminate as many points of contact with surfaces and other people's droplets as possible to make sure that you're not increasing your risk of coming in contact with germs, whether it's COVID-19, some other bad, you know, virus, bacteria or fungus. The goal is, is to make sure that you're minimizing interactions with other people's germs. We know thousands and thousands of people touch those screens. So that's where I would start um, there of even making it to the airport. Then there is going to be, of course, the check-in lines. Allow yourself enough time, not because you want to make sure that you make it through in enough time, but that's so you aren't rushing. When we rush, we tend to become very disoriented and I would say sloppy about our practices. Mm -hmm. And so if you're trying to shuffle and you're trying to grab your card and you're trying, you know, to hand to the people, but then you're having to grab your bag, you're looking at all of these things that you're touching. They don't clean those bins that we have to put our items in. And so if you're not thinking about the fact that you've now placed all of your items inside of these bins and now you're getting ready to go through the line and let's say you're waiting, I've seen people touching their face like they mad because they aggravated. So mm -hmm. they doing this and they didn't just got done touching the bin or they sitting up there, you know, messing with their cell phone there. I'm watching all of these things happen, like with their hands and the things that they're interacting with. And so then the first thing they do is when they get their items and they've gone through TSA, they're not thinking about cleaning off their card, you know, their ID that was touched. I actually still keep mines in my hand. So I consciously know to clean it before I even grab my items off that bin. And I know that things are rushed, but I keep a little small alcohol pad, mm. so a small alcohol pad and I, um, in my pocket so I can grab it out of my pocket, clean my card, and then I'll slide my card into the clean pocket. And that's if you got, you know, on pants or if you got on a jacket. So I take an alcohol pad just to make sure that I can undergo that process. Then I already know the individuals have touched my items, right? Some items may not necessarily be able to be clean, but you have to remember TSA is touching your items with all the same gloves. It's touching my stuff. It's touching, you know, the stuff that I grab my handles with and vice mm. versa. So mm. individuals may not necessarily think about that. You also got to remember after you've done that, it's, it's hand sanitizer right there. Make sure that you're cleaning your hands even after you touch your own items, if you don't have the ability to be able to clean your items off. So there's these touch points that we may not consider. After you've handed, and I'm going to back up just really quick, we all have masks on in the airport, right? What is the one thing they ask you to do when they're checking your ID? They ask you to remove your mask. Make sure you are removing your mask from ear to ear, meaning that you are taking it off this way and holding it so you can quickly reveal your face and then covering it back up.
Do not grab your mask like this to pull it down because, again, we're talking about contaminated hands. Your hands are contaminated when it does this. Grab it from ear to ear so that way you run the risk of put or you lessen the risk of the germs being directly in contact with your mouth and your nose. Mm. So I would absolutely recommend that to individuals if backing up. Now, then here it is. You're getting ready to make it on the plane. And let's say you're sitting down, you're waiting on others. If you have some disinfectant wipes, do not assume that the chairs for which you are going to sit in and rest your arms or potentially put your items down on or touch is something that individuals have cleaned within the airport. So if you have a disinfectant wipe, nothing's wrong with allowing yourself to just wipe that down really quick so that way you can feel more secure and know that you've removed some of the germs that have been there. We have to remember, we can't eat in the airport, so people are going to remove their masks to eat. You have individuals that before they make it on the plane, they are what I call the uh, chin girdle wearers, where their mask will be down beneath their nose. And then you're still watching all of these interactions happen. And so you want to make sure that the surfaces are clean. Mm. And then lastly, when you get on the plane and you are wearing your mask, that is a great thing. But I caution you with the air above, I would not recommend having the air blowing down directly on you or in your direction. Honestly, I actually have it going away from me. So that way, if someone, if the air is going away from me, and let's say it's going in the opposite direction of me, if the person next to me coughs, their droplets are going to travel back their way because the air is going to help that to remove it away from me. But if I got my air coming down directly on me in my direction mm. and they cough, the droplets are then just going to travel directly on me. But if I move the air away from me, then it at least helps it to go back in their direction should these droplets happen because we know that masks do help, but they are not 100% protection. So that would be my recommendations when we're talking about air travel. More MIP after this message. Wow. So, so you, you said so much there, but, but so we should get on the plane and point cause I'm a big air person. I get hot on planes. For some yes. Reason. Um, but I, sh and I pointed right at me. Yes. But you're saying that we should point it away toward our seatmate yes if it ain't your spouse if it ain't your i mean listen if it's your wife you can't do her like that okay but <laughs> you can't do her like that that's a different situation but like let's say if it's two of y'all in the seat and let's say for example you got the air pointed on you her air should be pointed away so the person that don't want air if y'all got a choice of those two seats should be the person that doesn't want the air that can have it pointed away from them because it's going to serve as a protective barrier um, for any droplets that may fall down. And we know people cough. I've actually seen people lower their masks to cough, which yeah, is crazy, crazy but crazy. It's, it's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I'm not the biggest germaphobe in the world. So I know for some of you probably, what I'm about to say, you see like, well, of course, Mark, you didn't know that that's stupid. But for example, yeah, they all TSA uses gloves, but you don't wash gloves. So those gloves are touching everything. <laughs> and you think, well, people, it's it's a it's a psychological thing. People see gloves or they wear gloves and things, think that that makes them safer. Mm -hmm. And another thing you say, you know, you, you don't think about the bins. Who's gonna clean those bins? Nobody cleans those bins. Mm -hmm. And it's not a situation where we have um uh the time to do it. We've swapped um, those bins. Say, I'm sorry, say that again. We've swabbed those bins before. We've also swabbed the screens. So everything that I'm mentioning to you, 
goodness. They got nasty. Yeah, yeah they got nasty bugs on it. And it's not to scare people because, you know, bugs help us to also build up our protection. You know, like it's some of the things that we don't see that are, you know, not necessarily going to kill us. But there are other things, you know, for example, of how we're in this current pandemic that it just may be that one or two that may put may take you out and so there's bugs that we just don't talk about even prior to COVID. you know mm. so you absolutely right so that's travel now let's talk about you mentioned loved ones many of us are going to be around our loved ones thursday uh, what should we be thinking about and doing because some of us get even more relaxed when we're with loved ones and, and that's probably where we should not because they are loved ones and if we love them, we should be more diligent, right? Yes. I love Dr. Deb's explanation in regards to testing. So I would love for her to like just share with um, your audience, Mark, just her recommendations, just even around that. Because to me, I think that before we can even gather, it's almost like that thing about know your status. Remember how before it was like the big HIV and AIDS, right. you know, push like this is in a similar mindset of know your status. And I love the way that she explains it. Yeah, we've got this myth now. And it's unfortunate because we put a lot of weight and emphasis on this vaccine. And people have said, just have everybody be vaccinated and all that. But I tell people, if I could only know one thing about somebody related to COVID, I would want to know their COVID status. What's more important than anything is whether or not you're COVID positive. So we have a bad tendency now with the testing. There was a point when we had scarcity of testing. We didn't have a lot. And we were only testing people who were symptomatic. So the analogy that I give is, you imagine you come outside of the bar at the end of the night and there's a guy out there and he's under a big street light and he's looking around. And you say, hey, brother, what you looking for? And he says, I'm looking for my keys. And you stand there waiting for your ride and five more minutes go by. He's still looking around. You say, brother, why you can keep looking in that one spot? And he says, well, because this is where the light is. That's what we do with COVID testing. Uh huh. You can keep looking where the light is. Your key's not there, my brother. So you're going to have to look somewhere else and you're going to have to shine the light somewhere else. Right. Right. But it makes sense. Right. Because you can only yeah. see where you've got light. But with COVID testing, if we only test people who are symptomatic, by the time you are symptomatic, you have been shedding virus and likely have infected many people that you've come in contact with. The real power in testing is getting somebody identified very early, even before they start to show symptoms so they can get out of the way, get into isolation, begin to take care of themselves and rest and not infect other people. So what I think is more important, and don't get me wrong, I want to be very, very clear about something. I am in favor of people getting vaccinated. I think the vaccine is will do people more good than harm. I think it's better if you were going to contract COVID, you'd rather be vaccinated than unvaccinated. So as a public health professional, I stand there on that. I'm not going to lie to anybody to get them vaccinated, and I'm not going to oversell it and tell them that if you get vaccinated, you can get back to living your best life as usual pre-pandemic, because that is simply not the case. What is most important is to know your status. And you cannot just wait until you have symptoms to go get tested. If you are going to work every day, I've, I've been telling people, if you go to work Monday through Friday in an office setting with other people, you should probably be getting tested about once a week, definitely no less than once every two weeks. Why? Because that way you'll get identified early 
even if you don't have symptoms. And for those very lucky people who are asymptomatic and then kind of, you know, can get COVID and don't seem to have many problems, great. But what about the people who are not as lucky that you, unbeknownst to yourself, will have exposed? I have a very dear friend who was asymptomatic, didn't know it. His grandmother had never left the house during COVID. It had been almost a whole entire year. The woman never left her house. He brought her groceries. He gave his grandmother COVID. Once she found out she was COVID positive, he got tested and he was too. He's the only human being that she trusted and would allow in her house. Mm. And that woman left her house during COVID in a body bag. She died in her living room, on her living room floor. Can you understand that there's nothing he could do to unring that bell? Mm-hmm. So even though he was asymptomatic, it didn't prevent him from infecting somebody who not only was more than symptomatic, but lost her life due to COVID. So I tell people, know your status. That's the most important thing. And get tested as a function of your exposure and how much you are moving out and about in the world. That is what makes most sense for Thanksgiving. So if you got the nephew who's like, they not going to magnetize me. They not going to microchip me. You know you have people. Because people still believe this stuff. They think the vaccine magnetizes them or they think they get microchipped or some of these things. Great. No problem. Look, you want your nephew there? Nephew, I love you deep. Here's my request, nephew. Can you go get tested beforehand? And even better, look it up in your local community. I know in my community where all the free, easy testing is. You can go get a rapid test. And literally, before I made it home, my test results got text to me on my cell phone. So ask nephew to get tested. Uh, before he comes to Thanksgiving yeah. and then ask all your guests, mm-hmm. all of them, if you have any symptoms after the event, please let me know so I can let the other people who were here know. Yeah. I tell people, be proactive in your follow-up. Make sure that people know it's more important that you come here COVID negative than it is that you come vaccinated. And what mm-hmm. a great opportunity to have real conversations with people about these things. We love arguing at Thanksgiving. We debate things in my family. We've had political fights. We argue <laughs> who got the best potato salad, who had the best macaroni and cheese. We talk, we, we debate everything. Have those real conversations yeah. um, at Thanksgiving. And guess what? It'll have you be better prepared for Christmas or whatever holiday you choose to celebrate at that time of the year. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that is that is excellent advice. Um and so what about when we when we get there though because again we we sometimes we relax even more and and this is big folks because i know folks who wanted to go see their loved ones and i told them i said have you been tested don't play with that because like you said that's a bell you can't unring that's i mean the 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 trauma of bringing something especially to an elderly relative uh is and that has happened um, and it's something you'll never forget. But once we get there, though, we, we, uh, we, we, we've been tested. We're taking all these precautions. Uh, we're bringing food. We're eating food. Uh, what then? How should we behave? Protocol based, meaning that um, everyone should know what's going to happen or some sort of preliminary plan that you've thought through. So hopefully at this point, you've thought through where the food is going to be. You thought about how you're going to serve it. You thought through even the practices, the minute someone arrives at your door, is there going to be a station there, you know, with a big sign that says sanitize your hands and take off your shoes um, and ensure that everyone does that? Is it going to be an instructional protocol to say, hey, make sure you rub hand sanitizer till it's dry? Oh, or the restroom is right there. Please make sure you wash your hands and then proceed into 
the living room or wherever you're going to be at. I think that having those instructions first and foremost when individuals come into your home is going to be very important. Some people decide that they are going to wear masks for the holidays. Other people decide that they aren't. I recommend that your guests should know what your expectations are of them before they arrive. Because if you say that everyone has to wear a mask, but cousin Johnny comes in and they are unmasked, you're likely not going to have a good time because everybody's going to be looking at cousin Johnny the whole time. We're likely arguing with him trying to figure out why he doesn't have on a mask. And this is your protocol that you've outlined. So make sure that that is clear, because if you say, hey, we will not be wearing masks, you then give your guests that are not comfortable with that the option to opt out of coming to your event. So that would be first and foremost is making sure that they understand what your protocols are going to be when they enter into your space. Secondly, I would also recommend that um, when it comes to eating. If you are going to eat, I would not suggest it be self-serve only because you don't understand how individuals are in regards to sanitation. I've seen somebody open up a packet of cheese even during a pandemic with their mouth trying to tear it open. I'm serious, opposed to like literally ripping it with their hands. They open it up with their mouth as if we wasn't in the middle of a pandemic. So now imagine every individual that went to then go open up that cheese. They now got the inside of that person's mouth directly on their hands as they opening up the cheese. Right. I, I, I told y'all they tell it like it is now. They make you think. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And so you now have those germs that are on your hands. And so my recommendations are always, if you can have a few people that are going to serve the meals, then that's best because that only means that a couple of people are going to touch on the spoons. Otherwise you do run that risk with that happening. If you are a family that says, we're just gonna stick with regular tradition and we're gonna pass the food around. It is my recommendation that you speak when you are after prayer, after y'all done praying and y'all getting ready to eat and you make your announcement, my announcement would be, listen, guys, one of the things that we've never paid attention to until this pandemic is the fact that none of us should really be talking over all of the food as we're serving. And, and that includes people, prayer, y'all. I'm a minister. Don't be praying all with your mouth all over the food. Okay, I'm sorry. Seriously saying, oh, thank you, Jesus, because you're about to eat, right? And that's exactly what happens. And so you standing next to, you know, your, your auntie or your cousin, you like, oh, this food look good. Y'all ain't got no mask on, but y'all, the food is right here in front of you. So now all of that stuff is now going directly on the actual food itself. And everybody that's talking, coming down the line, talking, and those droplets are flying because that food is right there. So my recommendation is make the suggestion that people don't talk until at least they get out of the line, like for the food. And just tell them like, hey, this is for our own precaution. We know we all do it. We know we're going to laugh. We're going to fellowship and we're going to enjoy it. Just don't talk over the food. And so I always recommend that um, as a big thing. And if that is the case, so let's say, you know, everyone's touching the same serving spoons. It's OK for someone to, for to tell your guests, do not sit the serving spoons down directly on the chicken. Like, don't just lay it across the chicken, the part where everybody else's handles have been. Because I've seen this happen where the spoon will slide down in the pan, have somewhere designated on the table for it to be able to sit. Because the minute you put it back in that dish and it slides down, you've now taken everybody's germs off of their hands anyway. You're putting it directly on the food. So I just, you know, wouldn't recommend that that is something that happens. And then when you're getting around and you're sitting ready to eat, because a lot of times we might sanitize our hands right before we're getting ready to go into our line and get the food. 
and then we just sit down and we start grabbing our food and eating. No, you are supposed to sanitize again before you eat your food because you have gone from clean hands to unsanitized hands because y'all are all sharing, touching the same spoons. So now you're getting ready to sit down and eat. Before you touch your food, you should be cleaning your hands again because you just touched everybody's hands that touched the spoons that came before and after you. So that is absolutely essential before you're getting ready to eat your own food. I say the same thing too, that before that happens, make sure your condiments, meaning that if everybody's sharing the same hot sauce, if we're sharing the same salad dressing, all of those items should be touched. The last thing that should be touching your hands should be sanitizer before you're consuming food. Wow. Um, uh, and folks, forgive some of the background noise of those of you who are listening because this, they decided to do some um, work on my building during the holiday. Um, but yeah, I told you all, this is, this is very, very sober just on that point. And it's not something that many people do. I don't think before we leave the table, um, or the protocol there, if, if we are need to re-sanitize again, folks, there should probably be a bottle or bottles of hand sanitizer at the table. That should be part of the place setting. No, absolutely. And I would recommend it be a push down pump. So that way everyone can just quickly sanitize because the more that you have to pick up and then pour and all of those other things, you're going to end up with individuals that get too much or don't get enough. So if you at least know that they can push it down and squirt it one or two times, then you know that it's an evenly distributed amount and enough to be able to cover the surfaces of their hands. So absolutely. Um, I even do that now. I, I have hand sanitizers all around like they're flower decorations and cups or something because right. I want to make sure that everyone knows there's no excuse for you to not clean your hands. All right, folks. Uh, and last but not least, there's Black Friday. Um, and as much as I want that to sound like Black People Friday and <laughs> having something to do with revolution and liberation, it is not. Uh, it's really about the opposite. It's about capitalism, which is a whole nother show I'll do about folks running around giving their money to people to then spend that money to take um ships to outer space that we can't get on but anyway i'm sorry i'm, I'm getting off subject. the uh <laughs> so let me know when that show is because i want look i, I want to be a distant audience okay and look, if they're gonna spend their money at least spend it with black businesses that's They're right that's absolutely so and black if friday with black businesses black friday for black businesses let's circulate that money in our own community but absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely all weekend should be doing that anyway all the time uh, now that's true love and a true gift i mean so but but folks who are going to get out there and run around and feel that holiday pressure to do all the gift buying if they want to save money i mean you again folks common sense folks are going to be out there touching every touching 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 looking at stuff picking it up putting it down then you coming behind them looking at it picking it up putting it down there's going to be a lot of germs passed on friday aren't there there are and um i caution individuals to make sure assume that everything in there is contaminated so if you pick up the tv box if you pick up the air fryer assume that somebody touched it before you and put it back and don't get me wrong you do have workers that have to touch these items but assume that other individuals in the public have had to touch them too so my recommendation is after you retrieve your items when you are getting ready to pay for them after you've paid for them they're in your car now make sure that even 
after you have put your items in your basket and you are on your way to your car, sanitize your hands. Then when you make it to your car and you put your items in your car, it's okay to put the items inside of the car, but then sanitize your hands before you're getting ready to get in your car and start driving. Then when you make it home, if, if you honestly know that those items are heavily, like I'm not going to say saturated with germs, but there's been a lot of touch factors. It's like, why even risk it? Take a, a soft cloth if you can and just wipe down the box before you open it up. If it's not for you, let it sit. You can let it sit for two to three days. And of course, if it's for somebody, any you know, somebody else anyway, just allow for it to sit for two or three days to just know that whatever germs on there is not going to be on there anymore. While you're out too, because we've seen like the, the chaos that happens with Black Friday and you would think that even in the midst of us being in a pandemic that that wouldn't happen. Try not to be on the bottom of anybody's piles. And when I say not on the bottom of anybody's piles, you don't want anybody hovering over your head talking. You don't want anybody hovering over your head um, singing. You don't want anybody hovering over your head doing anything. And I even say this too, just even being at a sports game. I don't want nobody screaming over my head. And so I make sure that that's not something that I'm having to encounter. So in this instance, when people are out shouting, make sure that you are not on the lower level and someone is talking over you, I think is one of the most essential things during this time, because we know that there's going to be a lot of screaming and different things like that are going to happen. But those will be my recommendations in regards to Black Friday. And even though there are great deals and there may be good sales, just know where to go into and where not and ask yourself, is that TV worth my safety? Is that TV worth me potentially taking an illness home to grandma? You know, like you have to ask yourself these questions because just as Dr. Deb mentioned, um, it's not going to be right at Black Friday that things are going to happen. It's going to be next week, you know, or it's going to be the following week, you know, during the incubation time that you're going to find out whether or not you got sick from over the holidays. And so the question is, is are you taking all of these preventative measures to make sure that you're not taking back germs to your loved ones? Um, all all um, great points. Uh, the th you all are amazing, I should say. Um, it, it, but before we go, I want to I want to talk about these four P's. Can we do that, Doctor? Yes. And and walk us through those, folks. These these are the, the folks you all need to to hear this now. Doctor uh, Deb, can you tell them about how they came about? Because I love the infographic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, Dr. Knighton is the queen of the infographics, but really, I just I just collated all the things that people been saying and going on the radio every morning with Santita Jackson and friends and Dr. Knighton. I said, let's put this all in one place and try to give it to people in a way that they can kind of remember. And so Dr. Knighton already hit us with the protocol. So this is just an easy thing for people to remember. Prepare your guests. Prepare your guests. I'm asking people, keep it small know who's coming, no uninvited guests. Everybody got the, normally you might be the house where it's like, you know, friends giving, bring who you, whoever you have. It's the Lonely Hearts Club. If you got somebody that don't have nowhere to go, bring them. But I don't think during the pandemic, that's good advice. You know, you need your guests to be prepared. A have conversations with people in advance. Ask them to get vaccinated or ask them to have a recent negative COVID test. That's a fair ask. And I just say ask. You know, you can't force somebody to get vaccinated or tested, but you can ask somebody to get vaccinated. Now, for Thanksgiving, that won't cut it. It's too late. They didn't get vaccinated. That won't provide any protection. But surely they can get a negative COVID test before. Um, and then tell people, 
absolutely, if they have any symptoms, to stay home. But watch this. We started, you know, we talk about loss of taste and smell and fever and chills and all that. A lot of people don't have those symptoms. Some of the major symptoms that people get are a splitting headache. They'll get the sniffles and a headache. A lot of the young people are talking about having a headache behind their eyes. So if anybody has any symptoms that could be COVID, they really just have to stay at home. And one of the things that I did is I ordered to-go containers for people because the same person that's serving my food will be serving the to-go containers. So if somebody does have symptoms, we can make their food and they, that food can be brought to them right from the beginning of the event. But stay home if you have symptoms. Second thing, prepare your space. These are things you can do in advance. You prepare your guests, you prepare your space. Start with everything clean. And as Dr. Knighton says, clean all those common touch, high touch things. Be especially conscious about those. The doorknobs, the handles, light switches, things like that. Put your paper towels out. Again, we don't want people using the same towel, right? Especially for the, you know, because most of us don't wash our hands real good. Put your paper towels out, put your cleansing wipes out and keep them in the bathroom. I'm asking my people, wipe down behind yourself. Wipe down when you're done. Dry your hands real good with this paper towel. Throw them in the wastebasket that's in there. Grab a cleansing wipe with your dry, clean hands. And don't touch my cleansing wipes when you first go in. Why? Because the person that left behind you left you a clean, sterile bathroom. You do your business. Use the bathroom. Wash your hands real good. And then you wipe down the knobs, wipe down the switch blah, blah, and throw that in the trash too. So I'm going to have everything um, that people need right there. And to the extent possible, get your spacing right. Know where, like Dr. Knight said, know where your food going to be, know where people going to sit, have it spaced out. And then clearly practice that prevention at the gathering. She's already told us about this. A sanitizing station when guests come in to wash or sanitize their hands upon entry, have one person serving the food, do not do buffet style. And even for the person serving the food, it scoops. Because if the person is talking over the food and they talking with the people in the no, don't do that. It's one or two. That's all you need. You want one or two scoops of this delicious macaroni and cheese of mine. That's it. No talking. You don't need that. Don't talk over the food. Open the windows if you can. Try to have some fresh air circulating. And if at all possible, activate your outdoor spaces. I have my sun porch live and ready to go. And I got my little space heater out there because I live in Michigan. It's cold out there, but I'm going to treat y'all to the heat, which I normally don't do at this time of year. And then have that proactive follow-up. When all these people leave, clean your space back down. And again, remember them handles, the knobs, the light switches. Get tested after the event and ask any guests to report any post-event post symptoms or any positive test results. And you let your guests know also. So- it's all about preparation, practicing prevention, and then being proactive in the follow-up. Folks, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dr. Knight, please. Reverend Mark, and this is too, um, this is, I love, I love this. I absolutely do. And it is great because like, these are things that we don't think about. Even adding on what the Dr. Deb said about like having a one person serve, it may even be in their best interest to have a, like a piece of tape on the floor and say, don't go past this line. Mm -hmm. So don't go past this line, you know, while we're serving the food. So that way you understand that even if someone accidentally does talk, you don't have to keep reminding them or they're not going to accidentally have droplets in the food anyway, because they just want to uh, socialize. Um, yep. 
No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, the other piece of it is that we didn't really go into too much detail about, and that's just wine, you know, wine and spirits. So you know, people are going to have alcohol present at the event, and we tend to get very relaxed with practices as people continue to consume more. And so you may have to establish your own sergeant at arms almost, you know, that kind of like monitors, you know, people's behavior. So if you got the one cousin and they like, I don't drink, I'm like, listen, I need you to be that person that when people are not sanitizing or they screaming over people, you know, because they too loud or somebody's having a little bit too much, just politely tap me on my shoulder so that way we'll know how to handle them so that way we can keep them safe and keep others safe too. Because a lot of times people don't know how they pick up germs but they also don't know how much they drink either. So, yeah, but this yeah. is not something that people think about. And the more they drink, the sloppier they get. See, and we see, know, it's like being sleep deprived in healthcare. See, speaking of black owned business, see, we could, we should have planned this well on and we could have provided a sergeant arms service for families <laughs> around the country. Right. And I bet folk would have paid for it. So we're going to give you this service because we know folk ain't going to know how to follow proper protocol at Thanksgiving. <laughs> folk would have Probably might have budgeted for that. Uh, <laughs> everybody knows their family. You two are amazing. Uh, I'm so glad to have met you, and you have given all of us a lot of great information that folks, hopefully, we will uh, take seriously. We and we did this in 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 this one show uh, today, folks. But they've been doing this for weeks. Again, on the Santita Jackson show. This we could have done this in in many many parts and and uh, you know i i take the blame for that we probably could have done this in four five six seven parts but we we uh, encapsulated and summarized it. they gave us a con some concise advice and i hope you will i hope it's a wake-up call not to be too relaxed we are not out of the woods yet nor is every physician medical health professional epidemiologist i've ever had on the show dr Deborah, and, and she alluded to this too um, this is not the last we're going to see of pandemics and diseases. We're moving into a, a, a place in our evolution where there's going to be more of these and, and more common and more frequently. So these are some habits we got to get our stuff folks into anyway, get ourselves into. So thank you to you both. I, I hope you both have. I know you all going to have a good Thanksgiving and I know your loved ones and families know y'all don't play. So I get know they already know how to how to behave uh <laughs> so mark uh, i'm a new grandma i have a, two, oh. a three month old grandbaby almost three month old grandbaby and i have made it clear to people there is nothing you could do to make it right to me if you gave my grandbaby covid there is nothing you can do yeah to make that right so remember that and know as much as i love you and want a fellowship with you i owe her I owe her. She is the possibility of everything. And I won't have anything take that away from her. So I've asked people, be my partner in that. I know you right. wouldn't want to do anything to harm her. Right. So if you don't feel, if you feel like that's too big of a burden to bear, well, guess what? We'll eventually be out of this and we'll get together then. And she'll eventually be old enough to get vaccinated and all that. Until then, you stay where you at and I'm going to stay where I'm at. So it sounds like what you're saying, just summarize that. If my grandbaby catches COVID, yo, you gonna catch hands. Somebody gonna catch hands. That's oh, I will be throwing hands and some other things. Oh, absolutely. They'll be little Debbie then. will be in the building. That's what she said, Reverend Mark. <laughs> I'm sure that's right. Uh, Dr. Deborah Furholden, Dr. Shanina Knighton, 
Um, wonderful. Appreciate your expertise. You two are great. Thank you for joining us and helping us out, helping our audience out here navigate this holiday weekend on Make It Plain. Thank you. Absolutely. And please, um, just as you mentioned, clean your hands, right? Make sure they 20 to 25 seconds. You're touching all surfaces. That is the most important number one thing that you can do to make sure you're keeping your hands, keeping yourself and others safe. Because that's what's going to touch everything. Thank you both. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.